Welcome to Movies to Watch Before the End of the World. Two film buff friends decide to spend their remaining days creating and watching the ultimate movie bucket list. A podcast filled with film discussions, movie reviews, and a healthy dose of juicy celebrity gossip. Cinephiles unite. We're going to need each other. Would you like some eggs and bacon? Okay. I was literally, as we were counting down to record, in my head, I'm like, what is she going to say? What can I say? What can you say? Yeah. The options are limited. The options are limited and also like, I don't want to spoil anything. I know. That's the other thing. That's fair. Yeah. Mita, how is it going? It's going good. It's going good. Yeah. (laughs) It didn't, it didn't feel right to say. I feel like you're fighting it though. No, no, no. Like today I was just like, it's going good. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I wasn't fighting it. Okay. I knew you were going to say something, but I'm not. Well, I always have it. to ask. Someone has to ask. It's just otherwise a standstill of our conversation of like silence and nodding heads. <laughs> I almost choked. <laughs> Before we get started, I do think I just, just want to quickly reference that okay. today is February 7th and yesterday, February 6th, a legendary Bollywood singer, Lata Mangeshkar, passed away. She did. And she was a big loss to the. Indian world. She yes. was an icon. She sang thousands of songs. And I think she touched the lives of probably most South Asian people in the world. At I some can't point think in of time. like anyone who wouldn't know who Lata Mangeshkar is. Yeah. Like yeah. even people who don't listen, I think, to Bollywood music regularly, but are South Asian, know who Lata Mangeshkar is. And so she was a very prominent figure. She died at 92 from complications from COVID. Mm-hmm. So that's sad. Yeah. But she leaves a incredible legacy behind yes. her. Monumental. Like monumental, really. Mm-hmm. And so India actually observed two days of in like national mourning. In they her should. Loss. Yeah. And I, I, I really appreciate that it was like without saying. She was an artist, but she was treated, she was given a state funeral it was a big deal to She's her loss. the voice of many generations. Generations, literally. Plural. She started singing at 13. Yeah, it's, it's insane. almost 60 years of music. I woke up my dad with the news. Yeah. And like he was, well, one, my dad does a community radio program. And oh, I think part yes. of him was just like, and his program airs on Sunday mornings. And because of COVID, he has to like pre-record and submit it. Usually he would record live. So if he could mm. record live, he probably would have done something like last okay. minute. Yeah. But part of him was just like, oh, no. And now he knows like this whole week he has to do something for next week's program. Yeah. But then I also was a little mean and played a trick on him. Later in the day, I told him A.R. Rahman died and he had like a freak out. <laughs> Did he? He's like, what? <laughs> and then I was like, nah, I'm just kidding. Because Aramon is really young for the record. Yeah, that's true He's like true 40s, too. 40s, maybe 50s. He's not an old man. Yeah. So yeah, that just would have been a lot all at once. It was, yeah, but it was a fun trick to oh, play. Yeah, I'm sure. Lighthearted. Yep. But yes, I just thought we should talk, just quickly mention it, because it was a, a big loss for those of us who are Bollywood fans. And so, you know, R.I.P. Lataji. I don't know if the rhyme is like <laughs> necessary. <as nice>. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Just rest in peace, Lata Mangeshkar. So we have a couple of things to talk about in mm. uh, our session. Our small here. talk? Our small talk, yes. Yeah. Do you want to quickly say yours and then we'll go into mine? Sure. Okay. I am going to talk about the TV that I've been watching. Yes. Because I haven't watched any movies this week. 
I don't know why. I just like have not been in a movie mm. mood, but TV is nice to just sort of like have on. But the last episode of And Just Like That aired. I didn't this, see it. Meet you haven't though, watched it so yet? We okay, can't so I talk won't... about it. <sighs> you kind of suck. I guess I won't talk about it and we'll wait until next week. <laughs> next week. By next week, I will have seen it. Yeah. Yeah, no, I can't really say anything until you've seen it. Okay. Okay. Um, but I also started Pam and Tommy, which is yeah, the I new Hulu show. It's on Disney Plus in Canada. Oh, is it on Disney Plus? Mm-hmm. Oh. Oh. And so they've already uploaded the first three episodes. Like, they, those came out at once, and then I think they're going to be episodic week by week, I think. I don't know. I'm not entirely sure. Um, but I watched the first three episodes yesterday. Yeah. And I'm not, I don't quite get, they're, te- they're not telling the story in sequential order. They're kind of like, they started Jumping. with one aspect of it and then went to another. And like, you're going to have to like tie everything together yeah. yourself, which I don't quite understand. And I think. You don't understand the story or you don't understand the, the storytelling mechanism. The storytelling mechanism. Okay. And I don't know where they're going with it quite yet because. Okay. From the last few trailers that have come out, it, I felt like it was going to be more about Pamela Anderson's side and what she went through and how it really affected her. Mm-hmm. But they haven't gotten there in the first three episodes yet. And I'm not too sure what the thesis of this series is meant to be. Like, what am I supposed to be learning from this? But I will say I am v- very much enjoying the performances of Sebastian Stan and uh, Lily James. Okay. I think they're doing like, a re- like they are Pam and Tommy. Yeah. Like it's, yeah. Even like Lily James makeup, that. She ben. looks like young Pam. It's insane. She, it's insane. And her voice, like yeah. what she's done to her voice. Like I forgot that she's like a, a British woman. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's pretty insane to watch that. Sebastian Stan, it's not so much like the voice or anything. It's just this like persona of like yeah. who Tommy Lee is. And he's really nailing it and he's doing yeah. a good job. Um, and then there's a bunch of supporting characters with like Seth Rogen. And I'm forgetting her name. It starts, her name, first name is Taylor. And she's from Orange is the New Black. Piper from Orange is the New Black. But I forget her last name. She's in it. And so is Nick Offerman. Mm. And they're just, um, they're just sort of ho-hum. Like, I don't know. Okay. This show hasn't really like landed for me yet. So I'm going to keep watching. It's still early days. Yeah. I'm going to keep watching because there's parts of the stories that I didn't read. Like, I didn't know that this tape was stolen. And I didn't oh, know. Yeah. Oh, you knew? Yeah. Yo. That's I thought it was like it, they right? just left it lying around and like yeah. one of their friends got it. I, I didn't really know the whole story. So it's nice to learn that aspect of it. I'm just I'm interested to see where it goes. So I do say check it out. See if you're into it. There is a lot of nudity so like if well not, i mean it's about a sex tape yeah there's a lot of nudity <laughs> <laughs> so if you're not um into that or you just like aren't expecting it i'm telling you now there's a lot of nudity okay. and it and oh i i want to tell you something but i guess you're gonna watch it so i can't tell you yeah i, I will yeah. watch this although i have a lot of tv to watch but that hmm. segues nicely into there you go i did Finish succession. Sorry, that was my version of. But I got too excited. But I don't. I was really trying to. Yeah. We got it, though. We got it. 
So yeah, I watched Succession. (laughs) I watched Succession. Mm -hmm. I liked it. I think I mentioned this to you. I liked it. I did not love it. Mm -hmm. I am curious to see where it's going to go. Because I feel like, I don't think many of the characters have had like character arcs or changes or things. We're moving into season four. And I feel like we are right back where we were at the end of like season two. It feels very much like deja vu-y. And like, good twist. I -hmm. did enjoy it. I was taken aback by a portion of it. Yeah. So I'm I'm there. I'm coming back. But yeah. But that's you how gotta... you felt at the end of two, right? Yeah. I feel like three dropped the ball in a lot of ways. Yeah. And I think it's just because there was so much space in between when the last season aired and when season three started. I don't know what happened in the writer's room and like where they decided yeah. to go with it. But I think it definitely like it had a really good start and there's something was going to happen. And then it kind of just like sort of wailed off but i that ending did kind of it was a saving grace for me of just like okay where is this gonna go now yeah but i feel like you better make use of this now because you didn't make use of the ending at season two no you let that flutter away you brought in all these story arcs that kind of just went nowhere like nothing is changing none of these characters are changing moments of hope like okay spoiler season three has been out for a while so like you should see it if you haven't seen it but there's that episode where Siobhan is like speaking at their I think it's like an investors meeting and then they start playing rape me by Nirvana I was like oh my god something's gonna happen nothing happened nothing happened like I was so disappointed and there's actually like I'm not gonna say other things because that that's not a big spoiler but there are like big spoilers that you could say Mm -hmm. where you're just like oh man something's gonna happen and then nothing happens nothing happened like, it's it's great plot points that aren't completed. Mm-hmm. And anyways, there's like a bunch of stuff. But we don't stuff. know what's to come. With we don't four. know what's to come. And I am so excited. So we'll see. But and I just wish the wardrobe people on that show would give Siobhan a better wardrobe. Yeah, she absolutely yeah. needs a better wardrobe. I don't yeah. know who's dressing her body type. She's a billionaire. Don't put her in a Ted Baker dress. Like I mean, it's a nice Ted Baker dress, but... Nadim, no offense, your wife could go buy a Ted Baker dress tomorrow. She's a billionaire. <laughs> it's true. That's yeah. very true. That's yeah. very true. She should be in some high fashion, you know, yes, stuff. She should. But yeah, that's succession. And I think the one thing I do want to say about it is I feel like the hype kind of killed it for me. Mm-hmm. Like a lot of people are like, you got to watch it. You got to watch it. And I was just like, all right. Like, I like this. I think people just love watching assholes is what it is. Yeah. Because it kind of gives you permission to be an asshole. Because you're just like, I'm not as bad as the Roy kids. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe. The last thing I do want to discuss quickly. Tomorrow is Oscar nomination day. Was that sound effect better? The Oscar nominations? Yeah. Yeah, I am. Because I don't work until later in the day tomorrow. So I will get up. Maybe I'll make a matcha. Yeah. Watch those announcements come in. Yeah. What are we expecting? What are we expecting? I actually think this year is going to be really predictable. Yeah, I do too. (laughs) I want to pull up Variety's list. Hold on. For Best Picture. Are we talking Best Picture? Are we talking all of it? What are we talking? Generally speaking, maybe Mm -hmm. Best Picture and Best Actor, Actress. Okay. So the predicted nominees from Variety.com are Belfast, which, yes, I agree. The Power of the Dog, I agree. West Side Story, I agree. Dune, I agree. Licorice Pizza, I still have not seen, so I cannot make a comment. King Richard, I don't think should be nominated for Best Picture. Coda, I don't know if I agree wholeheartedly, but sure, why not? Don't Look Up, 
I don't know if I agree wholeheartedly. <laughs> Being the Ricardos, I don't think should be a Best Picture nomination. And Nightmare Alley, which I have not seen. Mm. Mm. So that list is generally what people are saying. But I have seen some lists include Tick, Tick, Boom. Yes. Instead of I Nightmare Alley. <laughs> you don't agree? I don't know if Best Picture. Have you watched it yet? I have not, but I feel like I'm going to have to now. I do think Andrew Garfield should get some sort of recognition because he's mm-hmm. really, he's quite good in it. But mm-hmm. I don't know if Best Picture is what I'm leaning towards. Interesting. I'm leaning towards The Lost Daughter actually being nominated. Over. If I'm going to get rid of any of them being the Ricardos. Yeah. I would give it to The Lost Daughter over being the Ricardos for sure. Yeah. I think in terms of, I think the big question for me is I haven't even seen Spencer, but the fact that Kristen Stewart was on everyone's like list and now suddenly she's not on any list is so fascinating. Yeah. What happened there? I don't know. And I don't know if it's just because people don't like Kristen Stewart. Because that would suck. Because (laughs) you give a great performance and it should be about the performance. Performance and not about the actor. But that is part of the the game. You have to play up to the reporters. And she doesn't do do that. She doesn't. She doesn't. doesn't. She's not a darling. Yeah. But I also don't think Nicole Kidman deserves a second Oscar for being the Ricardos. No, she really doesn't. I'm if she I I would rather Olivia Coleman get a second one. Yes. Yeah. I don't know if I'd want her to win for this. What about Lady Gogs? I don't want her to win for this. She's good in it. Mm-hmm. She is carrying that movie, in my opinion. So maybe she deserves the win then, no? Because she carries a terrible movie. <laughs> but I've heard it's like she carries a terrible movie with a very good performance. So it's not like she's like... It's a bad movie and she's like above average and keep it going. It's like a bad yeah. movie and she's just, she's making she's good. work. Yeah. But I, but the thing is like, I have to think about it some more. Is she just, do I think she's that great because the movie is so bad or is she that great? I mean, I, and that she would require me to do a second screen? viewing and I'm not going to do that. Wow, you really didn't like. I just don't want to waste my time. It's very gucky. long too. Yeah. It's two and a half hours. So like. I'd rather watch something else. <laughs> I feel like since you've w- sat through Gangs of Wasipur, you could sit through anything now and be like, oh, that was such a breeze. No. <laughs> <laughs> Do you and have that... any wild cards that you think might make it in there? Do you think there's Spider-Man this... No Way Home will make its way in no, there? No, <laughs> it's not. I think the wild card might be there's this Japanese movie called Drive My Car that's supposed yeah. to be very good mm-hmm. that might uh, sneak in there. And now okay. that we've, you know, had a parasite win, it might make an appearance. Maybe. That's it. That's literally it. Otherwise, it's going to be a... I think the problem is by the time you get to the Oscars, you've been in award season for so long, mm-hmm. everything just becomes expected. So... Some people are saying Encanto. For Best Picture? No. Yeah. But I don't I don't, think, I don't think it's strong enough. No, it's It's, it's good. Like, I really enjoy it. I love We Don't Talk About Bruno. I'm singing it all the time. <laughs> but... No, I don't think it's like, it's, it's not, not a heavy strong. hitter. It's not Frozen. It's not Frozen. It's not even Tangled. Yeah. I'm reading the next in line list, which includes like No Time to Die, House of Gucci, Tick, Tick, Boom, Parallel Mothers. I want to see that. I do want to see Parallel Mothers too. Yes. Drive My Car is on there. Oh, The Tragedy of Macbeth. Oh, yes. That is, we didn't talk about that. Have you watched it yet? I haven't. Okay. So it's still on I think it's list. a really, it, it's a feat. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I respect Joel Cohen. The French Dispatch, The Lost Daughter, Spider-Man No Way Home, and the what's the worst person in the world? It's a foreign film, 
I think it's oh. Dutch. It's supposed to be a good movie. Well, there you go. Yeah. But we'll, we'll find we'll, we'll out. We'll see tomorrow. We'll find out tomorrow morning, and then we'll talk about it, obviously, next week to see, yep. you know, to play a little catch-up. But today... Wee oui, wee. Oui. We are here to talk about a movie that got no Oscar nominations. <laughs> Mita, we watched a You movie this week. We did. I picked the movie. So what did we watch? We watched Charlie McDowell's The One I Love. Mm-hmm. Yes, we did. Mm-hmm. We did. Shall I give us a quick discro and you could talk to me then about your choices? Please. Perfect. So The One I Love, which stars one Mark Duplass and mm-hmm. one Elizabeth Moss, mm-hmm. is about a troubled couple vacate to a beautiful getaway, but bizarre circumstances further complicate their situation. Yes. That is the most general way to describe any movie, including this movie. Including. And this movie, though, I will, if you are vaguely interested, you should watch it before you hear anything we talk about. You really should go, and you should go into this blind. So don't look it up on IMDb. Don't go on Wikipedia. Don't Google the plot of the one I love. You really should go into it not knowing a single thing about it. Yeah. Yeah. It is the most interesting that way. But before we get to all of that, I want to talk to me. Talk to me about why you picked it. So I watched The One I Love during my 2020 I Must Watch All the Movies I Possibly Can Blitz. Because uh, it had been on my list for a while just because I really liked the poster for it. Okay. <laughs> Movie posters, they have, they, they were meant to attract people. Mm-hmm. And so sometimes I'll see one and I'll be like, oh, I should watch that movie. But then I never get around to it. Yeah. And I knew it was leaving Amazon Prime. So I was like, oh, I better get around to this. And the second I watched it, I was just like, oh, Nadim needs to watch this movie. Oh. Yes. Because the movie talks about or at least grazes the subject of marriage, Mm -hmm. which at that time I was watching it. I think that was like your and mine's favorite topic. (laughs) 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 I'm I'm not married (laughs) um, for anyone who's wondering, but Nadim obviously is. And so we used to talk, we used to have, we had quite a few text messages where we would talk about like, Mm. what is marriage? Why do people get married? Like, what is the point of this? Is this sustainable? More of the, like, the optimistic views were not coming from me in this one. <laughs> and so I, I saw this and I was like, oh, I think Nadim would find this really interesting. And okay. so I had it on a list from you since then. And then once we had decided this was how our season was going to go about, I knew I was going to do this movie. Oh, wow. And then, yeah. And I waited until Valentine's Day because okay. this will air on the 6th. 15th, 15th or 16th? 16th. 16th, I think. 16th of February. So Valentine's Day has just passed. Happy Valentine's Day, everybody. But yeah, I specifically waited until now to to watch it. Mm. Yeah. Okay. That's and I hadn't cool. seen it a second time. I would like to point that out. You just saw <laughs> I'd it the only once. seen it the once. Yes. Okay. Yeah. So it's not something that was like repetitive for me. But I, I'm done because I then... I chose it and I've been waiting all these months for you to watch it. Yeah. And then last week I kind of had this scary moment of like, oh no, what is Nadim going to think about this movie? <laughs> because I I remembered the important parts of this film. Okay. But I did not remember sort of the in-between. And so I was just... Okay. Yeah. Like I remember like the things that sh- stood out to me mm-hmm. for obvious reasons. Um, but I couldn't remember like things in between that happened. And so I wasn't sure 
how you would feel about this, but I am dying to know what you thought about the one I love. Okay, so first and foremost, if you are going to watch this movie, if you are interested in it, you should stop listening because we can't talk about this film without spoilers. And I do think that any context you have to this movie will ruin it. Yes. It's just one of those that like watch it blind, which is how I watched it. I didn't watch a trailer. I didn't read a review. I didn't check the Metacritic score. I did nothing. I watched it completely, completely blind. And I'm really glad I did Mm -hmm. because it's the first time in a long time that the viewing experience was, I had no idea what was happening. I had no idea where it was going. And I was curious to kind of like proceed. And as things kind of develop in the story, so should we mention what the story is then? I think so. We've given the morning of like what happens. I think we should explain that. So in this movie, Elizabeth Moss and Mark Duplass, they play Sophie and Ethan. Ethan. And Sophie and Ethan are in marriage counseling. Their therapist is played by Ted Danson, who like I when I say Ted Danson, I just smile automatically. (laughs) I don't know why you're giving me such a dirty look right now. Um, But their therapist is played by Ted Danson. And basically, we see their first therapy session and, and note that they're just not in sync with one another. They don't. They're not getting along. We also realize that Ethan has cheated on Sophie and they're trying to mend their marriage. And so Ted Danson suggests to them that they take this weekend away. He knows a place they can stay. He offers it up to them. And so they take him up on it. So they go to this cottage. They're enjoying their time together. It's it's so complicated, but it's not. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So throughout the night... Well, wait, do they go into the... So there's... So yeah. essentially is... The, the house has a guest house that is separately attached to this property. And residing in the guest house are doppelgangers of this couple. Yes. But he can only see his wife's doppelganger and she can only see her husband's doppelganger. They can't see their own doppelganger. Yes. Yeah, so the original and, couple is Ethan 1 and 2. Yeah. And then there's Ethan... Sorry, Ethan, Ethan and, and Sophie, Sophie one, and two. one and Ethan and Sophie two are yes. the doppelgangers. I think that's how we can explain it best. Yeah, that's how the subtitles actually do it. <laughs> oh, so. there you go. <laughs> so yeah, essentially, so what essentially ends up happening is they realize what's going on and decide to just experiment and see. And it turns out that the twos, the doppelgangers, are kind of better versions of the real couple. And then more things happen. Are the version, so like Sophie wants certain things from Ethan 1 and she gets all of them from Ethan 2 and then yeah. vice versa. And Sophie 1 and Ethan 2 wind up falling in love with each other, which is weird because she's already in love with Ethan. Yeah. And well, then she ends up having a somewhat affair with Ethan 2. She does, yes. So on their first night at this home, she wind, she sleeps with Ethan 2, not knowing it's mm-hmm. Ethan 2. And then she continually wants to sleep with Ethan, too. Even though Ethan 1 has essentially said that even though they're going to interact with the doppelgangers to kind of see what's going on, they shouldn't have physical contact with them. Yes. I feel like when we're describing it, it sounds so lackluster. It sounds so yeah, confusing and convoluted. It's kind of like when you have to explain a joke. Yeah. But it's, <laughs> it's really fun to experience for the yeah. first time. Because you're left guessing of like, what is going on here? Yeah. What is happening? And because it's also important to know, on their first night at this house, they they take they smoke pot. 
So at first they think like, oh, we're just hallucinating yes, or we had some really bad high, weed yeah. like or we were really drunk and high. So we don't know what's going on. Yeah. But then you realize like, no, there's actual doppelgangers involved here. What is happening? Yeah. Yeah. And that's essentially the that's the setup for the film. Mm-hmm. Not this weird one sentence that IMDb choose to give you. So I went in blind to this story. And so yeah. as things are developing, you definitely are interested and you're kind of like well what's going on you really are intrigued by what's happening Mm -hmm. and as it progresses you have questions and you have answers and things and you want to see what's going on by the end of it i'm not sure it lived up to the promise though totally agree with you on that i think the promise is better the premise is better than the promise yes yes absolutely and i also think in the movie they actually wind up explaining to the audience how this all works and like what is actually happening and i wish that it was left open-ended like i wish we didn't have that there's a so ethan is really just like obsessed with figuring out what is going on here whereas sophie's just sort of kind of like going with it and like okay yeah there's doppelgangers but ethan is like no i need to discover what's happening here and i think that's what ruins the movie in a lot of ways like you're it's kind of like unveiling the the um, the curtain and seeing like yeah the, who the wizard of oz Wazes, is in a yeah. way yeah where it's like no like i didn't so what we do discover is that ted danson the therapist will have a couple in therapy send them to this house and then train a couple to sound exactly like one of his other two patients this sounds so stupid it sounds so stupid <laughs> can i just say Mita? like they try to explain it but they only explain like half of it it's so, like, like yeah they can sound like them but how do they look like them i feel like maybe jordan peele watched this and got ideas for get out and then was successful in getting the ideas for get out maybe i just yeah. found that like it was kind of half baked like there were some great ideas and some great some you know genuine surprises mm-hmm. but ultimately at the end of the day i found it was it was a couple of things i thought it was it didn't deliver what it was going to do it also wait for it was long you felt like it was long because i felt like it, this it's only an, an hour, hour and a half, half just yeah. so people yeah i didn't feel like it i actually felt like oh this was an hour and a half i got it done but I just felt like the the middle section where they're kind of trying to figure out the scenes become so repetitive. Mm, yes, that's it true. And there's a very, lot of the same dialogue too. Yeah, a lot of the same dialogue, a lot of the same scenes. It doesn't go anywhere until about the like third act break when the couples actually like finally meet. Mm. Like, like then things start to go into motion. But it takes so long to get there. It, otherwise, it's just so repetitive and over like like reiterating scenes reiterating dialogue the originality starts to like fade from it so quickly Mm -hmm. and then like you're saying they try to explain what's going on don't really and then you're almost left with more questions than you did if they had just left it open-ended right like i wish we didn't have the whole explanation of what the therapist was doing because in the end you are kind of left wondering as well like which so at the end Everybody figures out that Sophie 1 and Ethan 2 are in love. And Ethan 2 has a plan to get out of the house with Sophie 1. And then Ethan 1 and Sophie 2. Even yep. when I'm saying it, it's just so, it's too much. It's, it's But I still, I still enjoyed it though. Do you know, it's something to experience and not something to explain, I feel like. Yes. 
because the second you start explaining it, you're just like, what is this garbage? But, <laughs> but at the end, we learn at the end, they're faced with Ethan one is faced with either taking Sophie one or Sophie two back home and escaping this house because they are trapped in it. And we what? OK, what did you think happened at the end? Because the first time I thought it, I saw something. I thought something different than the second time I watched it. I thought he thought he was taking his wife back. I thought that twist was really quite disappointing. And I think they thought they were setting it up as like, he thinks he's taking his wife back, but it's not psych. Meanwhile, the audience is just like, no, we all know this is not his wife and he's going to be happy with the choice. And it's like, it's all so obvious. But do you think he knew that though? No, because there's a look that she gives him where it's like, oh, because this time watching him like, oh, that's Sophie too. But I remember the first time I watched it, like, I think that's Sophie one who's smiling at him. I thought it was Sophie one, but I thought it was Sophie one in terms of what the story wants you to believe, Mm -hmm. not in terms of like, I'm a moviegoer and I know where this is going. Do you know what I mean? Like I bought like, I knew where it was going because I knew where it was going. Mm -hmm. But as a moviegoer, if I were just to watch it, and not be informed of what movies do, I could totally believe that that was meant to be Sophie One. Well, the first time I watched it, I did think it was Sophie One. And then in the end, we discover that his wife offers him eggs and bacon. And that's a tell that it's not his actual wife and that it's the doppelganger. Yeah. This time watching it, though, she gives him a look and I'm like, oh, it is Sophie too. And I had forgotten what the ending was when I... Oh, okay. Yeah. Because there's a sort of like evil conniving kind of look that's given off where it's just like oh she knows what's happening here or sophie one didn't really know what was happening yeah. at that time like they briefly explained it to her but she was still kind of confused and just wanted to help ethan too who was lying was he dead he was passed out so. on I the think ground passed out. yeah who <laughs> was passed out on the ground it's so weird because experiencing it is so it's exil- it's exciting because it's something different and something unique. It's not like any it's not like many other movies that I've seen before. Mm-hmm. But now that I'm actually like explaining the movie itself, it's just so convoluted and like also a little pretentious. Yeah, it is definitely a little pretentious, but I'm curious to know what were your thoughts when you ver- viewed it the first time and then viewed it this time. What I my biggest takeaways the first time were like the actual discussions about their marriage. I found that really interesting. And the idea of like, what if you could have the best version of your spouse available to you? Is that something that you actually want? Do you want to live with that? Or do you want the challenges that you face every day and sort of kind of understanding of like, do you want the perfect match or do you actually want, do you want what most relationships are, which are not the perfect match? And so I've always found that concept really interesting. And I think they explore that, but they don't go as far as they could. And then, and yes. Yeah, I agree. And that's, it's another thing that is just like half baked. Cause I feel like while I was watching it, I was trying to figure out where it's trying to go. And I'm like, okay, is this the goal? Is that the goal? And I thought they were trying to make a commentary about marriage Mm -hmm. and about like, in marriage, generally, you know, there's, the marriage is about the the promise of the premise too, right? Mm-hmm. Ultimately, you're gonna like, have this happily ever yes, after. Yes, exactly. That's kind of the notion that everyone yeah. walks into a marriage thinking that it's going to remain as happy it, as it was the day you got married. Yeah. And like most people like to give that toast that may this be, you know, the saddest you've ever been in your marriage or like whatever that is. Mm-hmm. 
so that's where I, was, I thought that this was going, that this was trying to analyze marriage and say, you know, if you could in a world have the, if you could have your mate, the one you were originally happy with, have them back at their best, would best you? Best self, yeah. Their best self. But I think Gone Girl talked about that better. <laughs> but so there's a point in this movie where you think it's going to go when, like there's a point where I thought, oh, it's going in like the horror direction it could yeah it could totally like at one point i remember watching it the first time and thinking oh the doppelgangers are going to kill them yeah that's (laughs) what i thought at one point too maybe that's what this is yeah but it doesn't happen there's just so many directions this could have gone yeah and it went the worst route (laughs) yeah it kind of took like the the in a lot of ways isn't that what marriage is kind of like (laughs) yes Right? There's so many directions, or just life in general. There's so many different directions you can go. And we typically choose the wrong route. We choose the one that's not as exciting, that's kind of mundane and boring, and like gives everything away. There's no excitement, there's no flair, there's no drama. And like now that I'm thinking about it, I'm like, maybe that's what this movie is trying to do the whole time. Yeah, that's an interesting point. But I don't think that's what it is. No. I just don't think that's what it is because you could tell that where it wants to go is where it had wanted to go the whole time. Mm -hmm. I just feel that like when I'm watching a movie about marriage that starts off about a disintegrating marriage and like trying to piece those things. And there are elements of trying to talk about what constitutes a good relationship and this hypothetical question of what would you do if you could have the ideal mate versus your haphazard mate right now? Would you take it? Yeah. I think... I, I it's I, it started to lose me at a couple of things. I hate when movies do this thing where men cheat and it's the worst, but women cheat and it's somehow okay. Is she cheating though? That's the but she totally cheated. They made the a first rule. time she didn't. I don't think the first time counts. The first time doesn't count. Yeah, the first time doesn't count, but because she didn't know. But yeah. after that, they've made a rule not to have physical contact. She has sex with Ethan. Thinking he's knowing, sorry, in her head, she has sex with Ethan one, but she thinks it's Ethan two. Yes, there's this whole moment where Ethan one is trying to fool Sophie one into thinking he's Ethan two. It's just so complicated and convoluted, but just like follow along. Please watch this movie. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) and then this conversation will make more sense. Yeah, but she's sleeping with him, knowing that she's doing something wrong, and when that revelation is made, she shouldn't have anything to stand on because she broke the rule rule and the audience is led to think he's done something terrible but it's actually you're right she's done something terrible yeah and somehow she gets away with it they both did something terrible because he shouldn't be pretending he shouldn't have been absolutely Mm -hmm. but in many ways him pretending revealed to him the fact that she did do something wrong and there's no culpability from her i think One aspect of it, though, is like we can understand her wanting to cheat a little bit better because it is it's her spouse. It's just a different version of her spouse. And she has been so emotionally vulnerable throughout the film about his previous cheating. And then the character explained why he did it. And she felt like she could actually open up to this version of her spouse. Whereas when we learn about Ethan's cheating, it's told to us in a way that it's just like it was this like one off thing. He, it was him just sort of philandering. It was there wasn't any vulnerability attached to it, and so I think that's where the negativity comes from. I see what you're saying, and I agree with you. This happens in 
film and TV and in life a lot too. Women are kind of allowed to cheat in a lot of ways. It gets excused, but when men do, um, it's deplorable. I think yeah. just in general, we should say cheating is bad. And if you're going to commit yourself to someone, unless you've agreed to put with one another, yeah, don't don't cheat. <laughs> like this is actually something that happens in Closer. Oh my god, I love Closer. I love Closer for the record. I love Closer. Yeah. But when Clive Owen discovers that Julia Roberts has cheated, that happens because Clive Owen has cheated. Yes. You know, and he he has this whole moment of like, where he really belittles her for cheating and like wants to know the sexual details of her affair and all of that. And How many times? A, how many times? How did he taste? Like, it's an explosive scene. But at the end of the day, it's hypocritical. But... Clive Owen's insecurity is what led to him being so hypocritical. You're also not meant to sympathize with Clive Owen. No. Like, I think that's the difference is that in this case, you are meant to sympathize with Sophie. But in that case, they're all kind of kind of messed up and like doing messed up things. Yeah. Whereas in this, she's being portrayed as a victim. Hmm. You take. I take offense to a that. A grievance with that? Okay. <laughs> I take offense to I will, that. I will write. To Charlie McDowell. But Please I also... Let him know. I do think that this is a very good film for someone's first film. Yes. Yes. Absolutely. I, yes. I was going to say that, actually, that, like, as your first film, both as writer and director, because they were bo- it was both of their first times, very good. Very good first attempt. Very good. And I can see why it attracted talent like Elizabeth Moss. Well, I'm curious about that, because I do feel like... There is a little bit of nepotism. There could be nepotism here. So Charlie McDowell is, I don't know if you know, he's the child of Mary Steenberg and Malcolm Malcolm McDowell. McDowell. I almost forgot his name for a second. (laughs) And his stepfather is Ted Danson. One Ted Danson. Yeah. And so I just, and he's also known now because now he's married Lily Collins. So he is the son-in-law of Phil Collins. Like it's just... It's a little it's a incestuous. At the, the house time, they film at is actually Ted Danson and Mary Steenberg. I was going to say, yeah. yeah. He So, like, it's a beautiful house. It's a beautiful yeah. set. Do you think that they had to pay for any of it? Nope. Probably not. Yeah. Mom and dad let him yeah. film this movie there. Mom and stepdad. Mom like, and stepdad. Yeah, but probably, he house. probably calls Ted Danson dad. I would call Ted Danson my dad. Well, he has a real dad. But, like, we don't know how involved he was. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways. But, yeah, like, he probably did not have to pay for that location. Uh, at the time, he was dating Rooney Mara, and she actually was the she costume the costumes, designer yeah. for this movie. Yeah. So, like, probably didn't have to pay for that either. <laughs> like, there's just a lot. In terms of his career, he's gotten a lot of attention in the last few years with some of his directing choices and producing. He produced um, the Kirsten Dunn series. Oh, what is it called? It's, like, the world's longest title. It's, like, How to Make Money in Florida or something. Oh, like. yeah, that one. Yeah. Yeah. It was about um, multi-level marketing schemes. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And so, like, people have... He's garnered some attention, but I wonder, Mm -hmm. like, is it warranted? But then I watched this again, and I was like, no. The start of this movie, it starts off so well. Yeah. And it really launches well. It just, like, fails miserably when it starts to get into... But again, as I'm saying, I'm like, that is what marriage (laughs) in life is. Things start off really great. You're excited. There's this, like, promise of like what's to come what's expected yeah. and then you make some choices and you're really let down i do <laughs> I, I actually mean, yeah our discussion has made me come up with this new concept of yeah. what i think this movie is trying no to and do. that's totally fair and i wouldn't definitely this is not a bad film i think he takes some chances he like attempts something different and that's always 
worthy of applause, I think. Like, you you had, you had didn't want to write something cookie-cutter, and you made me think. You made me scratch my head. Whether I liked what happened in the end is almost irrelevant, because at the end of the day, I was watching, and I was intrigued, and I was curious. And mm-hmm. maybe I was just like, oh, that's not great. It's not like the parasite twist where I'm just like, this is amazing! Oh my god, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but you still tried something and you still had, you still grabbed my attention. Mm. I am curious. Like I haven't seen any other movies that kind of talk about marriage in this way, or at least represent it. Did you at least find that interesting? Gone Girl. Okay. Except for Gone Girl. Gone Girl, I like to say, is the best movie about marriage. It's the most accurate. (laughs) You think most women would do that? I don't think that's what it is. I think... That marriage ends up being, when you really break Gone Girl down mm-hmm. about why, like, I'm not talking about, like, the, the thriller aspect of it. Yeah. I'm more talking about how they get into a marriage, they're kind of two perfect people who kind of chip away at each other. Yeah. And, like, life chips away at them, and yeah. she becomes resentful of him for not being the, the, the man that she, that, thought, she thought she was going to marry. Yeah, exactly. And he gets tired of her because she is also... She starts to become a cliche that she said she wouldn't be. She's faking it till she makes it. And she's faking it till she makes it. And then she takes it in a whole different direction. But ultimately, it's about it's about that that loss of spark, essentially. Yeah. And mm-hmm. it's about the loss of the promise of the premise. And then what you do at the end of that, right? Okay. Like, you have two stay choices. Together. Either you stay together or you go. And... Mm. I think people hate the fact that they stay together in Gone Girl, but that's what most people do. Would do, yeah. Yeah, that's what most yeah. people do and would do. So it really feels representative. An extreme case, but a representative case. And I like, do... if that movie ended with them, like, Nick getting a divorce and moving on, and like, it, it would, would be have dumb. been dumb. It would yeah. be dumb if it ended with, like, him killing her or something, too. Because yeah. this feels so grand. You've, you've taken a movie and just made it so, like over the top and then you've brought it right down till the Mm -hmm. end and that's i think the power in it this does the opposite it takes Mm -hmm. a very grounded story about marriage and kind of starts to upend it but then never kind of brings it back i think that's how you interpret the ending though is a like what if it is sophie one and she's just loosening up and she's learned something and is letting him have bacon i think that is hopeful I think I don't think that's the filmmaker's intention. No, either do I. It's, just <laughs> it's the devil's advocate conversation, and I get yeah. that. But I don't think that's the intention. No, I think he's trying to trick us. Yeah. But it's not. It kind of it lacks. Yeah. Do you have any sequel prequel ideas? Well, I would like to explore the option of like Sophie two, yeah, and Ethan one being together, and then what? Because the science fiction element of this film is kind of uh left at bay and like yeah and like so underdeveloped so under there's a lot of plot holes at the end um sophie and ethan try to go back to the therapist office and the office has been abandoned and all that's left is this piano and so i kind of want to i would like to explore the ted dancing character a little bit like was this the start of his of the good place like i'm wondering (laughs) (laughs) was this the prequel to the good place that we didn't know maybe this is why he ended up in hell (laughs) <laughs> don't spoil the good place. people know what the good place says Mita. they don't know that first that that was a twist that first season that first season that was a yeah. twist for me but anyways yeah i would like to know more about the ted danson 
character and like what the science experiment is. Mm-hmm. I also I really do think that Jordan Peele watched this and I think he got the idea for Get Out from watching this because there was this the idea of people turning into other people that yeah. I can't wrap my mind. Like, how did they, I get the, they mimic their voices, but how did they physically. The physicality. And they yeah. just leave that. And I think, anyways, go into your rating and then I'll get my, <laughs> my I, rating. Yeah. Yes. This is my rating first. So the first time I saw this, it was very exciting for me. of just yeah. like, oh my gosh, I've never, I haven't seen a movie like this in a long time or really ever. I can't think mm-hmm. of anything that I could compare this to except for Get Out. But I was very excited to watch it. And it is a little bit of a roller coaster of a watch in mm-hmm. that you start off kind of, it's a little mundane. It gets really exciting. That builds up a bit, but then it kind of goes back down again. But I do remember walking away that first time and being like, there's so much discussion to be had about what marriage is mm-hmm. and what it is for people who are in it, for people who are looking at it from an outside view. There's a lot that can be said here. And so that's why I was like, oh, I really want Nadim to watch it. Yeah. Before we watched it the second time, I was like, I don't think Nadim is going to like it <laughs> because I didn't, I think you would, it's exactly what we talked about. I think you would really like the premise of this mm-hmm. and the the promise of like, this is going to be a really introspective look at like what a modern marriage is and what those discussions are. But I did remember feeling that like being let down by the end of it of like, this isn't quite what I wanted it to be. I wanted it to be a little bit more of a mystery. Mm-hmm. Whereas I think, and in, in the mistake maybe just in the writing for this one is that too much is explained to us. And so you're left sort of caught on to the idea of like, okay, you know what the actual premise is. You know what the science experiment portion of this movie is. So now everything that we were leading up to before is just a letdown because it's been explained. Yeah. But now as we've been discussing it, <laughs> this is just like a roller coaster yeah, a roller for coaster me. of feelings. Because like I watched this yesterday and after I watched it, I was just like, okay, like it wasn't as exciting as the first time I saw it. I still think that the questions about marriage and couples and just relationships in general Mm -hmm. is really interesting. And there are things to talk about in this movie, but I was let down. But now that we're talking about it together, I've come up with this whole new concept that I'm very excited about. And so I actually think they're really successful in doing that because I'm able as the viewer to kind of go up and down with it. Yeah. And so I do think that this movie is about, in life and in marriages, in relationships with your friends, your siblings, your parents, there's always something exciting. There's something to look forward to. There's these happy moments, but reality will always bring you down. <laughs> and life so is a roller coaster that we are just meant to ride and enjoy. And that's what this movie is. I'm going to give it two and a half stars. That's way lower than I thought you were going to go. I'm like debating between two and a half and three. I don't think it should be higher than three. I don't know. I'm thinking out of five. I'm not thinking out of ten today. You honestly kind of got to a glowing review almost. I think, but is that is that the movie's intention or is that just me? Yeah, and that's, I mean, there's a difference there. Like, are you interpreting something versus... That's not there. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Versus exactly. what was meant, the movie was meant to show you. So if I take me, Mita, out of the equation, and then, I don't know, what should our ratings be? 
Should it be like me, like what I think and me going through this roller coaster of a ride? Or like if I'm telling just Joe Nobody to go see this movie? I mean, it has to be about Joe Nobody, right? Yeah. Because ultimately it's not like even your interpretation of the film is maybe your outlook on marriage rather than the movie itself because which by your honestly own admission, it is because i don't think like marriage is that great like i yeah. <laughs> i'm Thanks, not <laughs> sorry but like from what i and it's not like you specifically but yeah, yeah, from yeah. what i've seen in my lifetime yeah i just think that you know especially as a girl you're oh you're pressured to get yeah. married to have a family to do this magical thing because it's the right thing to yeah. do or it's how the your the order of your life should yeah. go. But like at the end of the day, like I know what's best for me. I like to be able to do what I want when I want. Yeah. <laughs> I enjoy spending time by myself. Like yeah. I'm fun. And I don't know if I need to share that with somebody all of the time. That's totally fair. Right? And so, okay, if I'm taking myself out of the equation, it's a two and a half. If I'm putting myself into the equation, then it's a 3.25. <laughs> but you have to pick one rating. Can we come back to me? But then my rating could inform your rating. I'm sticking with two and a half. I'm okay. sticking with two and a half. I think because, yeah, if I'm looking at out of 10 and it's five out of 10, then yeah, like, that all those fives out of ten, or that two and a half out of five, yeah. is the ideas that are here. They are very strong ideas. Yeah. They are just not executed well. Yeah. They are brought to life, interestingly, and mm. like they could definitely be explored more. I think this movie just sort of hits a plateau, and it's really unfortunate because this yeah. could go so many places. But again, that's life. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm mean, i sticking with two and a half this one is a real I didn't think I was gonna get to this place no and that's totally fair right that's yeah. just it, that's, it's your feeling about it and I like generally speaking I actually agree with everything you're saying I think mm -hmm. it's just and I love that like it hits a it hits a wall I think metaphorically speaking yeah it just well and he does at the end oh my god yeah. he does at the end of the he movie he does at the end I think this is full of some great ideas that needed more finessing yeah marriage is complicated and mm -hmm. if you want to write a movie about marriage and especially if you want to keep it to two actors that's tough and it's i think this movie starts to do a lot of good things mm -hmm. i just don't know if it knows how to wrap them up in the end and i, I feel think like the this... sorry no, go, go on, on. No, no, no. i was gonna say i think this would have made a really good short film yes i yes that's a very good observation absolutely because a, it becomes repetitive. The middle section mm -hmm. for an hour and a half movie, th there's a lot of like repetition here that doesn't need to be there. And that just feels like it's there to like meet out the plot. Also on top of that, there's like science fiction elements. They, there's so many incomplete things in this movie towards the end. Like yeah. what is that wall that he runs into? Why do they look like these people? There's no explanation for that. There's no explanation for a lot of things. And oftentimes those things become distracting because they're just so in your face. The other thing that I felt about this movie was it felt like a, it felt like a nothing movie. Like it felt like a movie that was, that could have been something better if it had more gravity to it. 
Do you know what I mean? Like, I feel like this isn't... My mom used to like to say when she talked about movies that the movie, in like Hindi, she used to say, the movie has no John. And John means there's no life. There's no life force in the movie. Like, it's there. A life force in a movie doesn't need to make the movie good. Bad movies have life forces too because there's ideas or production or something about it that is like making it bigger than it is. This yeah. feels like a movie you would watch on like a Saturday afternoon when you got nothing better to do and then you turn it off and you're promptly going to forget about it. Mm-hmm. Like it doesn't it doesn't have gravity to it. And I feel like it's unfortunate because there's some interesting things that could have made this movie very memorable. And it just it's shy. It just doesn't get there. No, this is like a, this is a movie that could have been so much better. This could have been the next Gone Girl. It just doesn't know what to do. That's the thing. It doesn't know what to do with with its own idea. Yeah. It knows it's a good idea. It just doesn't know what to do with it. It doesn't know how to execute it. Yeah. And so for that, I'm also going with two and a half stars. Look at us. And that's five out of ten. Five out of ten. Which is, yeah. I do enjoy it, though. Like, I, yeah, I, I think I would go like for a it. third time. Yeah. Uh, I, I might go for another viewing, like if my wife I think wants to should, watch it or something. So we can talk about this a yeah. little bit. I had challenged you to watch this with your wife, but you didn't. Yeah, would you? I, <laughs> I could watch it with her again because it is yeah. an easy watch. And maybe I'll watch it while I like edit this episode, or for instance, or like whatever. Mm-hmm. Like, e- like, it's easy enough to watch in the background. I think it's interesting to have a conversation. But I think the problem is, Mita, that by the end of this movie, you step so far away from the conversation about marriage because then you're locked into, well, you know. What's going on? The science here? fiction of it all. Like, it yeah. becomes so distracting that it takes away from what I think was would have made a better movie and what 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 I gather what you think would have made a better movie too yes I I do I think maybe can you watch the first half with your wife and then report (laughs) because I wanted you two to watch it so I could ask you what that experience was like and did it spark anything it would it always does yeah which would be really fun to talk about but you didn't do it marriage between married people are always interesting because no one ever has the same opinion exactly and I love that no (laughs) But yeah, I am glad you picked this. I was really glad because this okay. is not a movie I would have watched. There we go. Yeah. So thank you. It kind that. of flew under the radar. Yeah. It's a very under the radar kind of movie. Yeah. But it's a beautiful poster. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yes, that was yes. the one I love. We. Oui. Now. Yes. It's time to play. Oh. Different characters. Same world. Okay, Mita. I tried not to do this, but Mm. in picking the next four movies, I had to arrange them to make sense. Okay. So we were watching a foreign film next week. Okay. I'm going to give you three actors. Okay. Is it a Hindi language film? It is not. Okay. Okay. I'm not going to get it, so okay. (laughs) (laughs) So character one is... Michelle. Okay. Character two is L. Okay. And character three is Le Judge. Sorry. Le Judge or Le, The Judge? Le Judge. <laughs> I think when does my I think it's Le, it's or or Le Judge. <laughs> I can't with you, you know, right that's now. That's the one. <laughs> Timer starts now. 
Okay, so I think Michelle is uh, Isabel Hubert in L. It is. Okay, thank God. Okay, you thought I was going to say L, didn't you? Yeah, I was hoping you wouldn't make that mistake. I didn't. I remembered the movie. I'm trying to think what has Isabel Huppert been in that I haven't seen, which is a lot. A lot. <laughs> There's that one. I have seen that one episode of Law & Order SVU, which <laughs> she is very crazy in. Let's see. I don't What's... Uh, the only thing that's coming to my mind right now is that stupid Greta movie, but I've seen oh. that and I don't think you have. <laughs> that's not bad. Is it, there's the, the one that, um, is it Eight Women? It's not. Okay. And that's Should time. I keep guessing? How much time yeah. do I have? That's time. That's time? Okay. Okay. So you are correct. Uh, Michelle is Elizabeth, uh, Isabel Hubert in Hubert. L. Mm-hmm. L is Emmanuel Riva in Hiroshima Mon Amour. Yeah, sure. My fave. <laughs> <laughs> and Le Juge. Or judge, or I don't even know, is Jean-Louis Trintinan. You can't even say their name. How are we watching this movie? This guy, I don't know where this came from, in uh, Trois Couleurs Rouge. Okay. Oh, God. And we are watching the 2012 romantic drama Amour. Amour. Yes. Oh, I have not seen Amour, and you talk about it quite a bit. <laughs> There's a running theme that I talk about all the movies quite passionately that I have picked. There we go. Yeah. How do you pronounce this name? Jean-Louis Trintignant. Yeah, I don't know. Trintignant and Emmanuel Riva. Yeah. Oh, there's some Michael... old people in here. Yeah, <laughs> my... Have you... Michael Hanke? Who? That's who directed it. Michael okay. Hanke. Michel? No, it's Michael. It's Michael. <laughs> so, yes. Uh, Should I look things up or no? No, don't. Don't? Okay. You might have to rent this. Yeah, I figure. Or borrow it from me. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't want to watch DVDs in my dad's room. <laughs> this one you could technically watch. It's unoffensive, but you can okay. rent this. There we go. Did you pick it for Valentine's Day too? I did. I actually did. I was going to pick something else that was very anti-Valentine's Day. Yeah. And I decided to move this one to this because it was at the end of February. Look at you loving a theme, too. I know. Well, I know mm-hmm. you love a theme. I love a theme. But that is for next week. Yes. Bita, do you have any parting words for us? I do. I used to call her a bitch and it was really funny. It is the only good line. It was. If I, yeah, yeah, if we're being honest. No. Yeah, like, I don't even know what musically I'm going to play out from here. Um, there's a song that plays in it, I'm sure. <laughs> but at the end, there's something about a baby. It's like, my baby. Or something oh, like right. That. Something about that. That's what <laughs> yeah. it will have to be. It's playing right now. You're it's hearing right it right now. now. Whatever it yeah. is. <laughs> uh, thank you so much for listening, friends. Please like, subscribe, share, and... Rate and review. And we will see you next week for... Amu. Amu. Have a lovely week. Thanks for listening to Movies to Watch Before the End of the World, sponsored by no one. You can follow us on Instagram at Movies to Watch Pod, on Twitter at Movies the number two watch pod, 
on the TikTok at Movies to Watch Pod or send us an email at Movies to Watch Pod at gmail.com. As always, keep your pants on and don't forget to smell the Kevin Bacon.